Welcome to Jersey Guy Sports, your sports talk home for the New York Yankees, the New York Giants, the New York Rangers, and the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. I'm your host, Don, and I want to thank you for tuning in. Today, I'm going to be discussing the Yankees starting well with an opening day extra inning victory over the Red Sox in a pretty exciting game. And the New York Rangers blanked the Pittsburgh Penguins 3-0 Thursday and really what turned out to be a statement win. So let's go ahead and get started. So baseball is underway. The Yankees got underway Friday in a meeting against the Red Sox of all teams, which is awesome. After the Yanks got rained out in their home opener on Thursday, opening day moved to Friday, and the Yanks definitely made the most of it with an exciting 6-5 extra inning victory over the Red Sox. I'm definitely not going to be talking about every Yankee game as the season goes on, but I think it's important to take a quick look at the Yanks opening day game, and it turned out to be an exciting one. The new pitcher-catcher electronic system was in place, the new technology that Major League Baseball is allowing teams to implement this year. And it's pretty interesting. The catcher, the way it works, has a little keypad, which they can put on the wrist or, in Higashioka's case, on his sort of knee. Um, and this little keypad allows a catcher to press a few buttons, and when he does so, a voice plays from the pitcher's cap, indicating the type of pitch that the catcher is looking for and the location. And I guess the pitcher can just shake it off, and they think it's going to help with making the game go faster and preventing sign stealing and things like that. Now, it's not mandatory, and apparently at this point, 15 of the 30 major league teams are using it. So I guess half of them like it, half of them don't for whatever reason. The Yanks are choosing to use it. And I don't know, I can't say it made the game significantly faster, but probably sped the game up a little bit. You know, as it ended up, you know, with the extra innings and everything, that it was a four-hour friggin' baseball game anyway. So, you know, it is what it is. But had it ended in nine innings, it was still more than three hours. So... You know, Yankee-Red Sox games are not a good judge of games' length of time anyway, since they always go forever. But the new system seemed pretty cool, the electronic pitcher-catcher system, and I'm definitely in favor of this, I think. I do. I wonder if it can be hacked. Um, DJ LeMahieu was in the lineup on opening day. Thank God. I thought, and I think everyone thought, that you know, Boone, in his infinite wisdom, was going to put Glaber Torres at second and sit DJ LeMahieu, which would have been the stupidest thing. Um you know, my opinion about the insanity of using DJ as a utility infielder has been uh, <laughs> well-versed here. And it's just grinded my nerves the entire offseason with the Yankee plans having, you know, one extra infielder. And apparently that extra infielder being DJ is just so stupid. You know, the three-time gold glover and two-time batting champion should be the extra guy. But let Torres start. Anyway, not today. DJ was in the lineup on Friday in opening day. And it ended up being important. So Garrett Cole started the season pitching, and he was dreadful, especially early on. You know, uh, let's put it this way. When you need a mound visit before you record a single out in the first inning, you know that your day's not going particularly well, right? So Cole, Cole wor he walked the first batter, right, on four pitches. Then he gave up an immediate two-run homer to Devers. Then he gave up a line drive off the wall. Then after, you know, the infielders came in and had sort of a mound visit, Martinez, you know, J.D. Martinez doubled in the third run. So it was 3 nothing, Red Sox before Cole recorded a single out. 
This is how bad Cole was. Then there was an actual pitching coach mound visit. So two mound visits, you know, basically before a single out was recorded. Not great. Not great at all. Um, but very quickly, you know, a bloop and a blast uh, in the bottom of the first made it a 3-2 game. Uh, Rizzo ended up hitting a two-run homer, so that was good to see. Um, later in the game, by the way, Rizzo made two outstanding, outstanding defensive plays in the same inning that really would have saved two errors. One was on Connor Falafa, and the other was on Donaldson. And he made, you know, kind of a pick in the dirt on Connor Falafa and kind of it was a wide throw to the first base side from Donaldson that he sort of reached behind the runner and stepped into foul territory um, and really did a fantastic job at first. It's very, very good to have Rizzo starting. Uh, Joey Gallo was Joey Gallo, as expected. You know, he's continues to be a disaster. He The first three times he was up, guess what he did? He struck out three times. Shocking. Shocking. I mean, Gallo absolutely blows balls. He's going to suck again this year. He sucked his entire career. He's the 11th worst hitter batting average-wise in the history of Major League Baseball. I'm so glad he's playing for us. Fantastic. Not. Uh, Then, with the game 3-2, Stanton hit an absolute laser beam of an opposite field homer to right field in the fourth inning, I think it was, and tied the game at three. Um Cole settled down a little bit, ended up making it all of four innings before being replaced. Cole did not have it. He could not throw first pitch strikes. He was not wild in or out of the strike zone. He was not, he was wild in and out of the strike zone. He was not good. Um, so, you know, basically he pitched entirety of four innings and then Chad Green came in to start the fifth. You know, and from a potential Cy Young candidate that Garrett Cole is, you know, going four innings on opening day is really not acceptable. After that, you know, Boone's parade of relievers began. Uh, DJ almost drove in the go-ahead run, but he was robbed by a diving play in left field uh, on a ball that would would have put the Yanks up. Uh, Defense is so critical in baseball, and that, that play for the Red Sox really, really showed that um it's not talked about defense but it is an absolutely critical critical thing in baseball it's one of my pet peeves that you really need to have people that play good defense the red sox then took the lead i think it was six innings holmes was one of the parade of relief from the yanks he got a few hits um after that we had castro come in you know castro is a pitcher that the yanks and mets swap pitchers a few weeks ago. So Castro was the former Met. He walked the first guy on four pitches. Then he struck out Vasquez to end the inning. So I guess he did okay. Loisega looked fantastic in the seventh inning. That's a good sign. He's a really good pitcher. And maybe the only one in my mind right now we can count on out of the pen. Um, meanwhile, on the other side, um, Whitlock, who is a former Yankee pitcher, now pitching for the Red Sox. Um, and by the way, Evaldi started for him the Red Sox, another former Yankee, in case you don't know. So Whitlock came in in relief, and the Yanks were having all kinds of trouble with Whitlock, just missing everything, really not doing well, uh, until DJ LeMahieu would, in the eighth inning, hit a clutch, clutch opposite field home run to tie the game up at four. It was a huge hit. The Yanks looked completely lifeless for a long time until that. It would, they would be down 4-3 for a couple innings. DJ ties it up. Um, after, let's see, Gallo, I think, walked in the eighth. He finally got on pace with a walk. Shocking. Three strikeouts and a walk. Uh, Hicks continued, got up and continued to look like his disaster of a self at bat. 
uh, he keeps looking for a friggin' walk. Nothing is ever going to change with Aaron Hicks. I'm sorry. It drives me friggin' nuts. It's all I remember about him. And this was the quintessential perfect at bat. If you're looking for something that defines Aaron Hicks, it was this at bat, right? So Hicks is taking pitches left and right. That's all he likes to do is look for a walk, right? So he took a few pitches and it was, he was up 3-0 in the count. Three balls, no strikes. Then he took two straight strikes. Did not swing at them because he's looking for a walk. And then, of course, he swung and missed on strike three and struck out. And I cannot stand him. He continues to pull this horseshit where he looks for walks. I've had it. I can't stand him. It drives me nuts. But, oh, he's a switch hitter, says Boone. Great. So he can strike out or walk from either side of the plate. That's awesome. Anyway, the game went into extra innings after a couple of Yankees kind of struck out in the bottom of the ninth, including Stanton, by the way. Um, and in the extra innings, uh, in case you didn't know or didn't watch the game, this ridiculous, awful, ludicrous rule of having a ghost runner on second base in extra innings, this continued this year. The insane reason given by Major League Baseball for this atrocity is that they don't want to get people hurt by having long games because of the shortened spring training this year with the lockout. I mean, are you freaking kidding me with this horseshit? Are you kidding me? Seriously? I mean, it's the stupidest, most asinine reason I've ever heard. We don't want to get people hurt. So we're going to have this stupid ghost runner. And, and it just, it makes for the most ridiculous things. The second base ghost runner in extra innings is awful. And it has to go. I can't stand watching it. And it just drives me nuts. In this case, uh, King was in for the Yanks. He gave up a little bloop single after getting that or two. Um, off the, and then the ghost runner scored for the Red Sox from second base. It put the Red Sox up 5-4. It was right off the end of the bat. It was a little bloop single. It could happen to anyone anytime. But because there's a ghost runner that starts on second, he scored and it was a game. And the Yanks were down 5-4, you know, in the bottom of the 10th. Um, and then uh, Glaber Torres pinch hit for Higgy and hit a sacrifice fly, you know, to tie the game at 5-5. So that was a pretty big spot for Glaber. Uh, he didn't start, as you know. He didn't get in the game. And then Boone pinch hit for Higgy, you know, in the 10th inning. And he came through. And he got a sacrifice fly. He wasn't looking good for a while. He, you know, fouled a few off, missed a pitch, um, and then got it done. Uh, hit a long fly. That tied the game. And that sent it into the 11th. And then in the bottom of the 11th, with our ghost runner on second, Josh Donaldson got a clutch single up the middle, drove in, Connor Falafa and the Yanks win 6-5 in 11 innings. So it was a pretty exciting win. You know, the newest Yankees were involved in the 11th inning. Connor Falafa scoring on Josh Donaldson's single. So those aren't words you would have heard last year. But Donaldson, you know, had a, had a big hit. Um, I think he ended up being, I think it was, he had two hits, maybe two for five, two for six. Um, and obviously a very, very big hit here. So it was good stuff. Um as far as the other folks on the team, you know, Stanton had the homer and didn't do much else. Judge had a couple hits. Um, DJ had the big homer and almost another hit. The diving uh, catch in left field robbed DJ of, of another hit. Um, he did also walk or get hit by a pitch, I think, in extra innings. DJ played really well. Also played very good defense at second base. Turned a couple double plays. So I'm sure he'll be sitting on the bench tomorrow knowing Boone. Yeah, great. 
in any case, uh, it was a big, big victory for the Yankees, especially being down 3 nothing before anybody could sit down and open a beer. It was <laughs> no outs and down 3 nothing. That is not the way you want to start opening day, Cole. But the Yanks fought back, showed a little resiliency, uh, mimicking my Rangers with their resiliency. In any case, um, the Yanks are 1-0. And they beat their arch rivals on opening day after being down early. And it's a great start. And hopefully they can, you know, catch some lightning in a bottle this year, given that I don't think this team is very good. So good start. And, um, you know, we'll talk again soon. I'm not going to be talking about every Yankee game for sure. But um, as I see some trends going on and some things with the Yanks, I'll certainly be discussing the Yankee games uh, as a whole uh, every now and then. So go Yanks. All right, I'm going to go ahead and move on to talk about the New York Rangers. The Rangers shut out the Pittsburgh Penguins 3-0 Thursday night at Madison Square Garden in what was really a confidence-building game. It promises to be a forebear of things to come in the playoffs, too, I think. And the Rangers are currently matched up, you know, against the Penguins, or would be. There's a very good chance the Rangers will be playing the Penguins in the first round of the playoffs. And at this point... That seems like it would be a good thing, since the Rangers seem to match up pretty well against this team, especially in the last month or two. They've now beaten Pittsburgh three times in a row, and uh, this was a good game uh, in, in every way for the Rangers. They played very strong defensively. Igor had a good game. They forechecked hard. They really played well all over the ice, and it's the kind of game that you would want to see a hockey team play in the playoffs. Sometimes these up-and-down victories or... A lot of games this year where you can say, well, the Rangers didn't play that well, but they won. Those kind of games in the playoffs, you're not going to hear about. When you, when a team doesn't play well in the playoffs, it's going to be a loss. So <clears throat> you're not going to have very many of them. What you want to see is games like this where they did play well and they won. And they just beat a Pittsburgh team like they've been doing over the last month. Now, Pittsburgh fans will say there's no Sidney Crosby in the lineup. They have one or two other guys out, and that's fine. Obviously, you know, the team is not the same when Crosby's not in. But you know what? <clears throat> Crosby was in the last two times the Rangers played him. And the first time the Rangers beat their friggin' ass 5-1 a couple weeks ago in what was the Rangers' probably best game of the season. Just whooped them all over the ice. And then they beat them, uh, I think it was last week, uh, again, with Crosby in the lineup. So, you know what? He wasn't in this time, but... With or without Crosby, the Rangers, in my mind, match up pretty well against the Pittsburgh Penguins. And right now, the Rangers are second and would have home ice advantage. And Pittsburgh is third in the division. And they would be the road team against the Rangers if the playoffs were to start today. But there's still, I don't know, either nine or ten games left. So there's plenty of hockey to play. That's the last time, though, that we will meet Pittsburgh this year. So it was a good win. Um, about the game itself, after a tough defensive first period, it ended without a score, uh, 0-0. The Rangers scored in the very first minute of the second period. Vitrano contributing again, by the way. He, he's really stepped in and contributed well. Uh, Vitrano pounced on a rebound um, and put the Rangers up one nothing. There was some good forechecking you know, early in the second period. Vitrano, as you might remember, is playing with uh, Kreider and, and Zabanajad and is really doing well. His sort of straight-ahead style, shoot-first, you know, straight-line kind of attitude, I think it's exactly what we need on the first line. People are talking about where they're going to put Kako if and when he comes back. I don't want to see Kako on the, on the top line with these guys. I want to see Vitrano there because I think the style is what you need in the playoffs. Um 
you know, the sort of deacon left and right, hold the puck stuff. I don't think that's going to play real well in the playoffs. This straight ahead, use good speed, you know, check hard, north-south shoot game, that's what you need. And I think it pairs very, very well with Kreider and Zibanejad, and it's been showing since Vitrano's been on the team. Um, and he put the Rangers up one nothing. A few minutes later, beautiful goal for the Rangers. Um, Panarin made it 2 nothing. There was a beautiful backhand shot off what was just an awesome pass by Andrew Kopp. Just an incredible pass. And then an incredible backhand shot by Panarin going across, I guess, you know, not the top of the crease, a little farther out, but really it was a beautiful thing. And the Rangers were up 2 nothing, And the game continued that way for some time. You know, there was some good defense, really only a few good scoring chances for each team. It became a little harder hitting, became kind of chippier as the game went on. Uh, in the third, uh, one of the Penguins, I forget who it was, he had a pretty good-looking hip check, in my mind, on Mott. Um, but the Rangers ended up with a power play from him, and he got called for a penalty, and it looked pretty clean to me. I just, uh, you know, uh, the game got chippier from there on out after that. There were lots of little scrums and fights, and after the game ended, there was, you know, a little get-together there. It was Good stuff, chippier. The crowd was into it. It was really a good game. Igor made a few more excellent saves in the third period as the game wore on. And eventually the Rangers netted an empty netter, you know, to get the win over Pittsburgh. It ended 3 nothing. Uh, this was an excellent win all over the ace for the Rangers, up and down. Shesterkin has to get a little more confidence now that he got another shutout. He's been a little iffy the last couple of weeks, so him playing well and getting a shutout can only help his confidence and get the Rangers, you know, uh, moving forward again. The Rangers' record is outstanding, and they continue on Saturday evening, I believe, with their next game. That is all I have for you today. So thank you for listening to Jersey Guy Sports. Please subscribe to the podcast and tell your friends all about it. And I will be back soon with some more sports talk. Thanks and have a good day.